Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Kevin's Take. The good, the bad, and the ugly from yesterday's Washington Commanders game. Let's go! Let's go! Here's Kevin. But by the time he finished, he was a game changer. So people wanted all their quarterbacks to look like him. Brissett from McLaurin, and he's got it. Touchdown, Commanders! Throw it in the perfect spot, 29 yards. He beat Kendrick. Yeah, uh, good throw. I saw some people saying... Uh, yeah, but, you know, that, that ball was underthrown to Terry McLaurin. Are you serious? Please, people, come on. It was put in a pretty decent spot. I mean, any any further, and it would have been out of the end zone. Um, by the way, my game take coming up here in a moment. I did want to mention just one thing, because I think a lot of you weren't paying attention to this, but, you know, leave it to me to pay attention to uh, mathematically eliminated um, from their season. They were mathematically eliminated, Washington was, after their 28-20 loss to the Rams. If they had beaten the Rams yesterday, imagine if they had gotten the ball back one more time, gone down and scored, made a two-point conversion, won in overtime. Or maybe if they had you know, done the right thing and gone for two at 28-20, to uh, maybe they would have won 29-28 in, regu- in regulation. But seriously, if they had won the game, do you know that they'd only be two games back with three to go with tiebreaker advantages over the Rams and Falcons at that point? But enough of that because obviously this is a bad football team. I just wanted to mention that for the 19th time in the last 24 seasons, this franchise will not have its team in the postseason. It also ensured that they are now 18 years in running since their last playoff win. That's amazing. That may be the most amazing thing. 18 years since their last playoff win, which came on January 7th, 2006, in the old Sombrero in Tampa. Actually, it was their newer stadium. Against Chris Sims and the Buccaneers. Um, this year is mentioned, and we've talked about this the last you know week or so. This has really got a chance to go down as you know a top three, top five all time worst season for the franchise. Four and thirteen still in play. 
If you're wondering about the Jet game on Sunday, they are an underdog, but just a three-point underdog against the Jets. All right, uh, my game take. Things I liked from the game, things I didn't like, and a few more observations. So I'm going to start with some things that I liked because there were certainly over those final seven-plus minutes some things to like, starting with Jacoby Brissett. He came into the game with the team trailing 28-7 to and on two drives produced two touchdowns. And the Rams were not playing soft. Um, Charlie J sent me this thing. Sheehan, come on, man. You're getting excited about you know a guy playing against prevent defense. What do you, watch the games, okay? They rushed for the entire time. They were not in prevent. They weren't soft. They played it straight, and Brissett came in and torched them. Eight for 10 for 124 yards and two touchdowns. Almost a perfect passer rating at 157.9. That's just four-tenths away from a perfect passer rating. And a very, very high QBR at 94.1. I understand it's only two drives. I'm just saying the two drives were spectacular, and they weren't against a prevent defense. Although the expectation at 28-7 with 7.5 to go would have been something you know prevent-like. You know, was it perhaps slightly less sophisticated with, you know, exotic blitz packages being called? Yeah, they basically rushed four on every play, but it's not like they were dropping, you know, seven deep into coverage and giving them, you know, lots of stuff underneath. That, that, that was not the case at all. By the way, it was basically all pure drop back for him, you know, not quick game. Um, you know, he resurrected Terry McLaurin's season on two drives. There was a Jahan Dotson sighting as well. You know, he looked big. He looked tall. He looked decisive. Um, he checked a few times at the line of scrimmage. I don't know what he's doing, but he's checking to something else. And just threw dimes everywhere. You know, that first play was a step up quickly and run for nine yards. There was a defensive hold on the play as well. The 12-yard sideline comeback throw to Dotson was put the only place you could put it. The touchdown pass to Terry, I guess, okay, maybe it was a tiny bit underthrown, but I think it was really right where it had to be to give him a chance without it being out of the end zone. Uh, the deep out to Terry on the second drive for 16 yards was perfect. The 49-yard bomb to Terry, even better. The fourth and goal touchdown pass to Samuel was a good job looking that linebacker. Just quick glance to, to, to hold that linebacker and actually move him a little bit to create the window to throw to Samuel. Um, he didn't score on his QB sneak. Remember, he was such a good good, good QB sneak guy uh, in Cleveland last year. Um, it was a little bit far out, though. It was like at the one-and-a-half-yard line. Um, other than that and the amount of time that, that they took to score the second touchdown, which, you know, with a veteran quarterback in the game, I'm going to put some of that on him. You know, it's a lot on the coaching staff. And their level of, you know, trouble in these situations. But I don't know how you give anything other than an AA plus for Jacoby Brissett's two drives. And again, one thing to me that was really apparent because we've watched Sam all year long is this is a taller, more decisive, more experienced quarterback. It just is. Sam's looked too often too small and indecisive, and Jacoby is tall and decisive. But the decisive part is expected. Brissett's a veteran quarterback. Sam isn't. 
Um, also on the things that I liked list, Terry McLaurin. Six catches for 141 yards. The 141 yards was the best yardage day of his career. That was shocking to me. I would have thought that, you know, I actually thought that that Case Keenum first game against Philadelphia is rookie day. Could have been a bigger day. Keenum overthrew him on, a, on another bomb that should have been a touchdown. But 141 yards is the career best for Terry? I mean, I, we understand he has not had quarterbacks. Yesterday was a 23.5 yards per reception day. That's the third best for him since his rookie year. 94 of the 141 yards, by the way, came with Brissett over the final two drives. He also nearly pulled in an incredible one-handed catch after he was definitely interfered with. That was one of Sam's best throws of the day, and he almost pulled it in, and they were down 20-7 to at the time. And Denton, I was not rooting for a win, but you know I was rooting for a cover. And so when they got the ball back and he threw that, and I thought for a second it might be a catch, I'm like, oh, my God. Maybe they can still cover here. Um, That would have made it his career day by a lot had he pulled that one in because that would have been 30-some yards, I think. Terry McLaurin on the list of things that I liked from the game yesterday. Um, Also on the list of things that I liked, two takeaways in the first half. How about that? Two takeaways for Washington. They were plus two in down 13 to nothing at halftime. So it could have obviously been a lot worse than it was um, in that first half. But, you know, uh, it was a good play by Percy Butler to strip Kyron Williams of the ball um, on that LA second drive. Uh, and then the third fumble came on when did that come sorry about that um that came who knocked that one out i had it on my notes and i can't find it now did john allen knock that one out on on one of the fumbles yeah uh nothing both fumbles one of them st juice Juice. i'm sorry st juice i found it so it was percy butler and benjamin st juice so two takeaways you know, the team that was 27th in the league coming in in takeaways, Washington, two in the first half. It produced nothing in the way of points, but it kept it kept points off the board. And they were two really good plays made by Percy Butler and Benjamin St. Juice. So that's on the list of things that I like. Now, let me just preface what I'm going to say before I get to this next group of players on the list of things that I liked from the game yesterday that I um, I thought the defense, once again, was horrendous, okay? You know, they gave up big plays. They gave up. We'll get to that when we get to the list of things that were not very good from the game yesterday. But I actually thought there were a couple of performances defensively that stood out. So bear with me on this. First of all, I would just make this comment. This was not a game like the Miami game in which they were lethargic or the Chicago game, you know, the first half. I actually thought there was legitimate effort on both sides of the ball, that they were playing fast, they were playing with a level of energy that, you know, for a team that was four and and nine coming in, um, you know, they're professionals, uh, but they were flying around. And there were a couple of guys that were noticeable to me. 
I thought Khalid Hudson was really noticeable, um, more so as a positive than a negative. He led the team in tackles. He's undersized, as we know. We also know that they've liked him all along. He really hits. He really closes and hits. Um, I also thought that Deron Payne had one of his better games. I have no idea where the PFF numbers will grade him. He had two sacks in the game for starters. He had multiple QB hits and hurries. He had a couple of TFLs as well. I, I thought Deron really was a difference maker against you know a team that shredded them. I understand that. Um, I mean that's the you know that's the conflict here. I I also thought that Quan Martin. I think he has stood out on special teams much more so than Terrell Burgess. I think Quan Martin has actually you know stood out on special teams, and I think defensively, he's aggressive. Um, again, responsibilities and how many plays he misses versus the plays he makes. But I kind of like the way he plays. Um, I also really like the way K.J. Henry plays. I'm kind of a fan of Andre Jones Jr. too. Andre Jones Jr., when they drafted him, you know, when you watch the Louisiana tape, you saw what you see with now a lot of teams and in the type of body that they're looking for in an edge rusher. They're looking for long and angular more than anything else, and that's what Andre Jones is. It's 6'5", 6'6", 250, somewhere around there. Um, he almost had a pick in the game. Uh, he anticipates well. Uh, I don't know if he or Tuhill in particular set the edge uh, well enough for, for me, um, but I'm just giving you a couple of players on a bad defensive day that I think have shown promise recently and shown showed some promise yesterday. That's all. K.J. Henry, Andre Jones Jr., Quan Martin, three draft choices. They all play aggressively. And I think K.J. Henry plays with really good IQ. Like, he's very good at, at setting the edge, but not... Uh, he's really good at, at making plays. He had another TFL yesterday. Uh, Henry did in the game. I mean, I think that's three in his last two games or four in his last three games. Um, Remember the play, too, in New England that he should have been credited for a sack force fumble. That was a ridiculous uh, call. Um, He seems to me to really anticipate, sniff things out, but not lose contain or lose responsibility at the same time, uh, if that makes sense. Uh, And, yeah, so, bad day defensively, but a couple of defensive players that stood out for the positive. Um, I would also just say that Jamison Crowder, by far and away, had the best punt return he's had in like two months. Good 15-yard punt return at one point in the game. I just jotted that down. It's like we've not seen him actually feel the punt and make forward progress in what seems like a month, month and a half, and that was a really good return that actually, I think, was the return that put him in Rams territory that set up the first touchdown for them in the third quarter. That pretty much does it for the things that I liked list. I'm going to get to Sam Howell here uh, in a moment. Um, Yeah, that's it. All right, the list of things that I did not like, few other observations when we come back, and then at 11 a.m., uh, phone lines open up at 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. Your chance to vent, your chance to talk quarterback, 
Um, phone lines opened at 11. Kevin Sheehan Show, Team 980, theteam980.com. We are also free and live on the Odyssey app. Sunday night football last night. The Ravens take down the Jaguars 23-7. to Lamar Jackson had a touchdown pass, 14-24, 171 yards. Did have an interception as well. Also had 12 carries for 97 yards. The Ravens now 11-3 on the season. They are inching ever so close to locking up the one seed in the AFC. The Jaguars, meanwhile, dropped to 8-6, and six, and they're still in competition for their own division in the AFC South following Houston's win over Tennessee yesterday. And that's what's trending. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Uh, Cheeseman, there was a snap that kind of went yeah, up. And that's not good enough, and, and we're going to evaluate that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would imagine at this point there's no chance for old cheese to come back. As I mentioned in the open, at this point it would be unsafe for him to continue to snap the football. Uh, you got a guy in Tressway that's been, you know, very debatably the best player on the team for the last eight, nine years, and you put him in the tent yesterday with a with a roller. Um, can't have that anymore. Uh, it's been negligent all year to, to, to not address this and to assume that, you know, it was going to get better and we'll address it when it costs us. It's costed you already and it could have cost you your punter yesterday and holder. Um, by the way, just as a quick note, the, the broadcaster said that Joey Sly doesn't even practice punting. I don't get that. I'm not, I, I'm not saying Washington's unique in this case, um, don't you have to have a backup punter 
just like don't you have to have a backup field goal kicker? Remember the Monday night game against Seattle a few years ago when they had the lead and a field goal would have made it um, in the moment. A They were up 17-9. to nine. They were up by 8. I think that was the score, 17-9. to nine. And on fourth down from the three-yard line, they went for it, and Logan Thomas caught the ball, but it was short of the goal line, or it was incomplete. I forget what it was. And their kicker had gotten hurt. I think it was Sly, actually. It may have been Sly. And people asked Ron about why Tressway, who kicked field goals at, at one point at Oklahoma, couldn't come in and try a 20-yard field goal to put the game away. And he didn't want to answer the question. He, he said, you know, I was told he couldn't do it. Don't you have to have a backup plan for a kicker going down or a punter going down where, you know, all week long maybe they take five minutes worth of reps? I don't know. What do I know? Maybe they're not the only team. Um, but they did mention that Joey Sly, if he had, had had to come in to punt, had not practiced punting at all during the course of the year. All right. Um Let's get to the list of things that I didn't like. Um, the list of things that I liked, you know, in brief, Jacoby Brissett, Terry McLaurin, two takeaways defensively. And even though the defense had a wretched day once again, I actually thought there were some players that stood out with some positive plays. Khalid Hudson, Deron Payne, Quan Martin, KJ Henry, Andre Jones Jr. Um, what I didn't like, uh, I'm going to start with actually the defense because I don't think Sam was the biggest problem yesterday. I don't think he had a good game. More on that coming up here in a moment. But, I mean, this defense all season long, 445 yards, 28 points on really a day in which there should have been more points for the Rams. They missed a short field goal. They had two fumbles in the first half. They had at least four drops by my count, one of which would have been a touchdown, I think, to Nakua, which was dropped by Nakua on that play right before the missed field goal. They allowed, you know, more explosive plays, seven plays of 16 plus yards in the game. Could have been more because of the drops. Um, the run defense in particular was galling to watch. Um, that was the key to the game for me on Sunday. The number one key was to stop the run, to stop Kyron Williams, who has been very effective. And he had 152 yards on 27 year, uh, 27 carries, 5.6 yards per carry. Not 196, nearly 200 yards rushing as a team for Sean McVay's unit. Um, they just clearly, the run fits weren't right. Uh, Kyron Williams is a good back. Don't get me wrong. He's an excellent back. I think I mentioned this on Friday, but he's second in the league behind McCaffrey in yards per game. He actually may have eclipsed McCaffrey with his 152 uh, yesterday in, in yards per game on average. And he was second to McCaffrey in yards per carry coming into the game. He had missed four games, which is why he was like seventh in overall rushing yardage. But, uh, you know, he's approaching 1,000 yards. Not that that's a big deal anymore, but really, in the NFL, not a lot of 1,000-yard rushers. You know, certainly not a lot of 1,200-yard-plus rushers, and he would have been well north of that had he stayed healthy all year. So a, a, a pretty horrendous job stopping the run. 9-16 on third down. Their third down defense has been really bad. The explosive plays, as I mentioned, but one explosive play in particular I know that they've had miscommunication all year long in their secondary, but my God, have you ever seen an in-timing, not off-schedule, but an in-timing throw to a receiver more wide open than Cooper Cup was on the 62-yard touchdown pass? 
so much for Jack's gone, we're going to simplify things and make it easier for everybody. Um, they continue to give up big chunk uh, plays on defense. Um, I heard Ron say after the game that um, somebody asked him about the running game and he said, well, look what happens when you get the running game going. Like he, he was implying that they had a good day running the football. They did not have a good day running the football. So that's on my list of things. I liked that they committed more, a little bit more at times to running the football, but they didn't do it effectively. Uh, they had 79 yards rushing, and they had 3.8 yards per rush on average, but that's only because Sam Howell scrambled for 22 yards and averaged 7.3 yards per rush. And Brissett had a nine-yard run. You take the two quarterback scrambles out of it, and they rushed for literally like 3.3 yards per carry. So I thought it was not a good day rushing the football at all. And I said on Friday, look, I know that they probably aren't going to focus on this or emphasize it, but, man, it would be helpful if you got some Sam being able to throw off play action and off some bootleg after having some success. I mean, I was looking forward to seeing Rodriguez. You knew that when um, when Robinson Jr. was ruled out on Friday, they told you, Ron said, we're going we're gonna to take a look at Rodriguez. I know a lot of people said, why didn't we get more Gibson? Um, you know, did he do something wrong? I don't know if he did anything wrong, but I know that they wanted to get a good look at Rodriguez yesterday and they did. And he had a couple of good runs. He did. He's powerful, but there wasn't a lot of running room anywhere. I mean, he was 10 for 35. That's three and a half yards per carry. That's not, you know, it's not knocking the cover off the ball. So rushing the football was, uh, on the list of things, um, that I did not like. Um, I'm going to Save Sam for last because he is on the list of things that I didn't like from the game yesterday, but I wanted to mention two other things. I don't know what was going on at the end um, with, you know, the, the, the time situation. You know, when they got the ball back for their second drive, okay, there was five minutes and three seconds left. But let's let's get beyond that and, and go to the, the play to Terry, you know, which put it down at the one-yard line. When that play ended, there was there were four minutes and 47 seconds left. All right, and then they took on many plays in a row all of the play clock. First of all, you know, they ran Rodriguez. Do I have a problem with them running the ball in first and goal from the one with 447 left? No, I don't have a problem with that. You know, teams get into what they call their four-minute offense. It's different from their two-minute offense. Their four-minute offense is, you know, getting up to the line of scrimmage, um, but it's it's a it's a faster paced, but it's not hyper uh, fast. Uh, and but they're not huddling and they're figuring things out at the line of scrimmage and they're typically snapping the ball with at least twelve seconds left on the play clock, maybe not twenty, as they do with two-minute offense. They kept snapping the ball with two seconds left on the play clock and the game clock running. When they got that first and goal at the one with four minutes and 47 seconds left, when they finally scored the touchdown on the fourth and goal at the three, there was a minute 50 left. That's really bad clock management. I think the play that I hated the most was after you got the DPI on the fourth and goal, and that was clearly defensive pass interference uh, versus Terry McLaurin, um, you had 2.27 left. So you had already run the clock down more than it should have been run down. 
Uh, and by the way, before the fourth and goal, you know, them taking that much time, you got to get that play right. So at that point, you know, you either take a timeout with three minutes and 14 seconds left, or you just make sure you get the right play call and the right personnel on the field because you have to score. So I have less of an issue with that. The play that I hated the most is once you got that DPI call and you had first and goal at the one with 227 left, you can't run the ball there. You cannot run the football there. You've got to throw the football. You got to, The ball's got to go into the end zone and it's got to be caught for a touchdown or it's got to be incomplete. You got to try to get that score, that next score, even though you have all three timeouts left. You want to get that score still before the two-minute warning. You want that fourth timeout. Look, there's a chance you're not going to stop them right away. You know, and that's why you'd like to score much earlier because then you can give up a first down or two if you stop them with 350 or if you score with 350 to go or, or with four minutes to go. It's a shame that Terry didn't get in. It was very close. Um, and I did. I would not have suggested Ron throw the challenge flag on that. Um, trust me. By the way, that was another thing that I wanted to mention. Um, they actually had a really good challenge in the first half of the game. Uh, it was... The right challenge on um, on yeah that play that they challenged and got right. It's on my list. I can't find it. But anyway, um, yeah, you, you just you can't run the football there. You've got to throw it, and they ran it, and so their second goal came at the two minute warning. You know, and then you know you didn't end up scoring until there a minute fifty left. You wanted the fourth and goal at the three or at the one, because if you hadn't run the ball and lost two yards and you'd thrown it, you want that fourth and goal at the one to come with like 210, 215 left. And then, by the way, maybe you've got an option to run it, or maybe you've got an option to run it on third down. Um, but that was not um, that was not a, a good play. Um, the management of the clock, the play calling there at the end uh, was atrocious. Uh, and then when they finally did score... Um, it was in that situation. Look, I, I, I actually do buy into the two point analytics down eight because it's two chances to make two. Most most teams in the league, if you take away the truly mobile quarterbacks, if you take away the Mahomeses and the Fields and the Hurts, two point conversions are well less than fifty percent. So. You know, you're to, to, to put it all on one play when you're down six is different than if you're down eight. The idea with two point analytics saying go for it down eight is that you're trying to win the game in regulation. You're not trying to get to overtime. You you've you've got a better chance of winning the game in regulation than you do in kicking twice and then getting to overtime. And you're going to have two opportunities to make a two-point conversion. And so if the percentage of makes is somewhere, you know, slightly less than, you know, 48, 47%, there's a chance you're going to make one of them. A decent chance you might make one of them. And that's that's the thought. Now, with all two-point plays, context matters. The plays you had coming into the game matter. Have you used up those plays on previous short yardage matter? All of those things matter. Ron had a difficult time explaining it, um, but... I would have gone for two in that situation simply because I've got a snapper that's been rolling the ball back to my holder. <laughs> and the bad snap 
By the way, that guy was so quick off the edge, he may have blocked it on a good snap, the extra point. But it certainly didn't help that it was a bad snap. So that is on the list of things that I don't did not like. I would have gone for two in that situation because of the analytics. I don't know all the context. I don't know what their plays were, how good they felt, felt about their two-point plays, whether or not they had used them up earlier in the game. But the, the simple, you know, I got a snapper that I can't rely on. I'm going for two. I may have to go for two even if I make this two-point conversion because I can't rely on him kicking the extra point to win the game if we score again. Um, And then lastly on the list of things that I did not like um, was the snapper, which we've already talked about. Uh, Just the the whole situation is... You know, it just kind of is part and parcel to what has been one of the worst seasons in franchise history, one of the worst played, one of the worst managed, one of the worst everything um, situations we've seen. Uh, But again, Dan's gone, and we got all these changes to look forward to. All right, I've got a few other observations, but then I want to get to your calls next. Phone lines are open, or Ace Law listener lines are open. 301-230-0980. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980, the Team980.com. We're also free and live on the Odyssey app. I'll get to my Sam Howell grade as well when we return. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.